Super glad you guys are here today. We are super excited to be here. My name is Trevor. I am the children's pastor. I work with elementary students here at Valley Real Life. And this is Joe. I'm Joe Stelp. I'm the Kidman lead here, which means that I get to work with all of our amazing staff and help set some strategy and vision for our Kidman program. At Otis, we've got Dana, Dana Felling. She's amazing. She oversees our birth to fifth grade there at Otis. Here we've got Elena Lungu, who is amazing, our early childhood coordinator. She's over birth to pre-K, which then leads into Trevor, of course, over our elementary. It's an amazing team with amazing volunteers that we love. It is awesome. It is awesome. Uh, we are in an, another week of I Love My Church, the series, uh, and it's Kidmin Week. And in your case, you're like, like, why are these two guys on stage? Because, because we love Kidmin, and, and we hope that at some level you do as well. Even if you're like, I hate kids, um, like, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, but, you know, even if you're like, I would never work with kids, but I have kids, or like, I acknowledge that kids exist. Um, then, then you're like, yeah, then what you guys do is super important. So um, we are just here to talk about, about what we do um, in children's ministry and how we can partner together. Uh, but it's important for Joe and I to tell you, this was not the plan um, for us to be in Kidman or for us to preach even. This was Ryan Lingloom's week to speak on the calendar, and he moved to Omaha, so... Um, they were like, well, here you guys go. Um, <laughs> You're not in Omaha. So I'm, I'm not in Omaha. Joe's not in Omaha. Here we are. Uh, no, but life goal. This was not where I planned on being. Uh, when I was 18, I went off to college, moved out of the house to a small school in Illinois uh, on a scholarship to play football and become a chiropractor. And I don't know if you're familiar with what happens in children's ministry. Um, not a lot of chiropractic work <laughs> takes place. Uh, so it was a pretty sharp left turn. I ended up transferring from, from that school um, to another school in Missouri that did not have a football program or a chiropractic program. And there was a guy on my floor named Zach, and Zach was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing uh, later today, but our soccer team needs a goalkeeper, and you're six foot four and can catch. So uh, as a freshman, I walked onto the soccer team, ended up playing all four years, and my soccer coach's wife was a children's director at a church in the Joplin, Missouri area. And so that's where I grew up um, for college. So I started volunteering in a church when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, somewhere in there, and, and just went, oh, like, I could do this. Like, this is, this is a thing that I could see myself doing. Uh, a couple years later, I got a phone call about a church that was like, hey, um, we could really use some free labor. Um, <laughs> unpaid internships they pay you in experience and uh yeah which doesn't fill a gas tank um but nevertheless I said you know what never been to Washington before it was Nathan Rector was, was who I talked to lived with him for three months worked at Valley Real Life and uh a couple months later I got a phone call from Nathan and Ryan they said hey you know here's kind of the plan and how do you feel about moving out here uh, at the end of May when you graduate. I've been here ever since. So um, this was not my plan, but here I am. And, and Joe, this was not your plan either. It wasn't my plan. Uh, my story with God kind of starts at 17. Uh, I was homeless, living in a warehouse, working as a night watchman, going to high school. Graduated high school, went on to college, promptly flunked out. Don't worry, this is a real downer of a story. <laughs> Then I got married, and that was a real high point, so that was awesome. Married my wife, Gretchen, at age 22. We lived in Chicago for a while. I got a degree in computer science, 
started my career in IT running help desks. And uh, about when we were 30, 31, decided it was time to have kids, and we moved back to the Spokane area where she's from, because I'm from Minnesota. Is there anybody from Minnesota in the audience today? There's one guy. Oh, no, we got there's two. One. There's two, yes. My hey. Minnesota, oh, three. We got three people. Awesome. In the church of 2,000, we've got three people. Four, including me. Uh, we moved back to the area. We had some kids, and we were attending a different church. And our kids chose to come with us to service instead of going to the Kidmen. We realized that was a little bit odd. So we said, we're going to need to find a church that has a Kidmen that our kids love. And lo and behold, my oldest son, Noah, was playing soccer with a kid by the name of Drew. And his dad, Nathan, says, hey, I work at Valley Real Life. Why don't you come check out our Kidmen? It's pretty awesome. It's great. Showed up on Sunday, checked the kids in, came and sat down in one of the chairs over here because this is normally where I sit. I think you're in my seat, ma'am. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, we, we, we got in here, and Nathan steps up. It's Nathan Rector, the lead pastor here at Valley Real Life, which made me regret a lot of the things I said on the soccer sidelines. It wasn't pretty. I had a lot of penance to do there. So uh, long story short, we came out of that day, and my kids loved the program here. And I was so happy because they were getting fed just as we were getting fed here. And it was an amazing thing. You fast forward five years and I went to kids camp with Trevor and came out of kids camp with just a hole in my heart, just wishing that I could do that week again and again and again. Little did I know that God had a plan for me. That a couple of weeks later, Ryan Lingbloom was going to call me up and say, hey, let's have lunch. We need somebody to be our Kidman lead. And I think you do a good job. I love kids, I love Jesus, and I love our staff, and it's a great combination. Following God's will, not my plan, but his, and here we are. Now, we do need to clarify something. Um, you're now sitting here, and you have, you're like, well, we checked our kids in for Kidman, and we just had two of the people go, yeah, this is what we wanted to do, um, but here we are. Um, just know we love what we do. It wasn't the plan, but now that we're here, we're thrilled about it, and we get to do it uh, in a number of different ways, uh, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, is we're just going to talk about, A, what we do in children's ministry, so that way you guys can just have a better confidence of what your kids are learning, um, but also how you can be a part of it, even if you're not serving in a classroom. Again, if you're like, I don't want to be in a classroom with kids, but like, what can you do in your neighborhood? What can you do with families that are uh, in your school district? What can you do with your own kids at home? So we just want to talk about how we can partner with that by going over um, some spiritual habits that help us set a firm foundation for growing our faith in God. Now we use the term spiritual habits. Um, you may know that as spiritual disciplines, but when you work with children, you say, we're going to talk about disciplines today. Um, they don't get stoked. Um, they're, they're like, nah, no discipline here. Um, so we say habits. Kids like habits for the most part. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. But I think, I think what we need to do is start by reading a verse from the Bible. We're going to be Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Um, this is just a found, fantastic verse for laying this foundation. So it's going to be behind me on the screen, um, or you can go in your Bible or on your Bible app. Um, it's NLT version, so if you are on an app, you can change it there. Um, and, and it goes like this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. 
Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And then he goes on to write, uh, and then these are the commands. And he goes on to say, so you can continue that. It's not where the passage stops. But the premise is this. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have always. Everything that you do, when you're getting up, when you're going to bed, when you're leaving the house, when you're at home, put it on your walls, on your doorframe, on your gates. This needs to be your family's focus. This needs to be your focus. So if you're sitting here and you're going, okay, this is a bad week to come. I don't have any kids. Just know, we're going to talk about these habits. You can do these things for yourself, not by yourself. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But these are not exclusively children's ministry concepts. Um, but this is just how we get to do what we love in a way that teaches kids about Jesus. So we're going to jump right into it with the first habit, and that is spending time with God. Uh, we, we get to teach kids um, who God is and who he's creating them to be. The first thing we want kids to do is we want kids to understand the power of prayer and being in the word, reading their Bibles. The Bible says that, that scripture is living and active, and we want kids to know that you can go to the Bible and it will, it will answer questions that you have about life. It will help give you direction because it is, it is a living document. And so we want, we want to give kids practice with that. We're opening up Bible stories and showing them examples of what other people did. And then the power of prayer and just going, man, prayer is not just when you talk to God. It's when you're having a conversation with God. We want kids to understand how to listen, how to turn off the noise of, of video games or of TV or of sports or of, you know, just even casual reading and just go, hey, have you, have you just sit and listened to God? We want to give kids those opportunities. We want to teach them how to do that. Because something that I think is super, super fun is when you're working with kids, uh, and, and if you know kids at all, they are um, hilariously irresponsible. And, <laughs> and this is like, it, it, we, have to, we have to start a whole program to be like, hey, people in weird vans with candy, don't go talk to them. Um, kids, they will lick windows for no reason. It is fantastic. And, and so we take this kid, this, this climbing a van with a stranger, window-licking kid, and then we're like, hey, by the way, you want to give your life to Christ? And then you get the power of freaking Yahweh. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then we're like, hey, now you get to use this spiritual bazooka. And you get to go and tell everyone about Jesus and he's like, yeah, the same Jesus or the same Holy Spirit that was with Peter and Paul that raised people from the dead and healed the sick, we give that to third graders. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not God, clearly, because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that, seems, that seems risky. Uh, but that's the joy. That's where we go, hey, we want to we equip these kids with, with everything that God wants for them and has for them so that they can go and be and make disciples. And so there's some stuff that you can do at home that Joe's going to talk to you about so that we can help our kids do just that. So as Trevor said, these things are not just things you can do with kids. These are things that you can do yourself, okay? So while we're talking about, about this in context of Kidman, these are principles that you can utilize. Some of them are going to seem basic because we like to give things to kids that are basic so that they can use them. But there are also some things that as you dig into them, they get more deep and more fulfilling. So there are three ways that I'm going to talk about spending time with God. The first is the word of God itself. If you take 10 minutes out of your day to do one of three ways spending time in the word, reading it, listening to it, or singing it, you're going to find that that is a great way to spend 10 minutes with the kid. 
Now reading it's pretty simple. Grab a Bible, open up into the middle, skip numbers, go right into the middle, okay? If you don't have a Bible, we've got some in the back. We would love for you to take one. Spend 10 minutes with your kids just reading the Bible and talking about what it said. If you don't want to just jump straight into the Bible, there are some other resources too. One of my favorite is called Indescribable. It's a hundred devotions for kids about God and science, and it gives a great way to experience scripture with fun activities. It's an amazing thing. You can listen to it. Now, the Bible app, as Trevor used earlier, has a guy, he's going to read it to you. He's good. I like him. I use Dwell myself. That's a little bit more expensive an app. It's not free. But when I'm with my kids, my favorite way to listen to the Bible is something called Streetlights Bible. Now, you can find this on any of your music services, or you can find it at streetlightsbible.com. This is where poets, pastors, parents, and kids, because they couldn't find another P to go along, uh, read over a hip-hop beat. It makes the Word of God come alive in a different way. Now, if you hate hip-hop and you're a country fan, I'm sorry, I'm working on the Haystack Bible, but it's not out yet, okay? Come on, man. <laughs> Couldn't resist, sorry. The other way that you can spend time in the Word of God is to sing it. You walk into your kitchen, and if you're anything like my household, Alexa is one of the most used words in your household. And my four-year-old says, Alexa, play me some Christian music. And Alexa comes on and says, okay, Joe, here we go. It's, it's pretty fantastic. You can get Alexa to give her life to Jesus if you do that enough. <laughs> and then you can baptize her and then get a Google Home. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm going to meet Jesus. Here I come. Okay. Another way is to model the way for this, okay? So as you spend time in the Word, talk about it with your kids because we know that you are the most influential force in your kids' lives. We get 40 hours a year roughly with your kids. You get the rest of the time with them. And I forget the number. It's a lot of hours. So as you model this for them and talk about what you learn, it's a great way for kids to learn. Another really quick, easy way to do this, uh, spending time in the Word of God, is to write it down, okay? So grab a notebook, put it in your car, and as kids ask questions about Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God or any of those things, write down the question. Not while you're driving, okay? Don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for any wrecks. But when you come to a stoplight, write it down. Don't text it. A cop's going to pull you over. It'll be really bad. Write it down. Then after you guys get home, go and dig into that question. Find some resources for your kids and you can circle back. It all comes down to making God your priority. As the scripture talks about uh, loving God with all your heart. When we have things in our lives that are our priority, we lose the word priorities. And I want to read a quote from a book called Essentialism by Greg McCown, who explains the false nature of the word priorities. The word priority came into the English language in the 1400s. It was singular. It was meant to be the very first or prior thing. It stayed singular for the next 500 years. Only in the 1900s did we pluralize the term and start talking about priorities. Illogically, we reasoned that by changing the word, we could bend reality. Somehow, we would now be able to have multiple first things. 
let me tell you, you can't have multiple first things. You can have one priority. God needs to be that first thing for you, no matter where you are in your life. When you spend time with God, you're giving priority to him. And when you spend time with God with your kids, you're teaching them to have priority on him. What's another spiritual habit that we can focus on? Yeah, so the first one is spending time with God. The second one is sharing your story. What we want to equip kids to do is be comfortable enough to, in, to invite their friends to church, to tell them about Jesus, and to say, this is what Christ has done in my life. And, and a lot of times with kids, they haven't had these crazy, like, this was my life, and now this is my life, and this is what Jesus did. But it's really just teaching them from a young age to go, hey, this is how we're going to follow Jesus from, from the first memories that you have and working with kids so that way they can tell other people about that. And, and one of the ways that we just want to give kids the opportunity um, to practice this with really just no shame is to say, we're going to do an event called XP. And, and XP is an event, it stands for experience, and it comes from a video game term. When you get enough experience, you get to go to the next level. And so we just said, hey, we want to take church on these special weekends to the next level. And so we're going to do something crazy. And so in the past, we've brought in um, David Laughlin, the illusionist, or Josh Denhart, he's a chemist, and he like, blew stuff up on stage, and it was awesome. And uh, in a couple weeks, September 19th and 22nd, we're going to have a glow party, and we're going to, lights are going to be out, and kids are going to get glow sticks, and we're working on some, some awesome, crazy stuff. And while they're there, we pump them full of the gospel. This particular one, we're going to talk about, it's the start of the school year. We want you to invite all of your friends from school who don't go to church somewhere to come and learn about Jesus. And we're going to talk about how Jesus is the light of the world and how you can be that light in your schools. That's what we're going to be talking about that weekend. And we just want kids to know, hey, we're doing this event. It's going to be fun. We don't do it because we want you to have fun. We don't. We, we're doing this event because we want kids to invite their friends to hear about Jesus. To do that, we're going to have a lot of fun. But that's not the goal of the event. So we want to make that a normal thing for kids to go, hey, I need to invite my friends because my friends need to know about Jesus. The other way that we normalize this is by putting a small group leader in their life who is willing and able to share their story. Um, I didn't ask permission to tell the story, so I'm not going to give you the name of the person involved. Uh, but a couple weeks ago at kids camp, uh, we were talking about value and, and that God paid the ultimate price for us and that, that we are valuable no matter what anyone else says. And, and there was a cabin with some girls who talked about how they just didn't feel valued at home, you know. And, and one, of the, one of these girls are from a split family situation and, and, you know, mom or dad not always there. And I don't, I don't even know if my dad really values me. And, and they're having this conversation. And so when we say, hey, God the Father loves you. He's like a dad. And then this girl goes, yeah, my dad doesn't really love me. The, the, the cabin leader goes like, what? What do I say to this girl? Because and she's, she's telling me this, and she's, like, starting to get choked up because, I, because that's, that's kind of how I grew up. Like, I thought the same things that these girls thought. How do I talk to them and tell them this without, like, without losing it, without crying, without getting choked up? And I said, cry and get choked up and tell them your story and tell them that this is... This was you, and this is, look what Jesus did for you, and that they might feel this way now, but it doesn't matter if they don't feel valued by someone else. God values them, and look what can happen in their life, because I'm sure if you would have asked this leader when she was 9 or 10 years old, hey, are you going to be sharing this story and what God did for you at a kid's camp? I doubt she would have guessed that's where she's headed. And so we want to put adults in the lives of these kids who can teach kids to share their stories and also 
um, be great examples of what Jesus has done in their life. So, Joe, what else can parents do with their kids? So, in order for kids to be able to tell their story, they need to be able to talk about God. And our curriculum provider is called Grow, and they provide this great resource called Conversation Cards. Now, these cards help kids through simple conversation starters to start talking about God in their everyday conversation. Because before you can tell a huge story, you need to be able to talk about God in your everyday conversation. If you want a couple of these, we've got them out by our Kidman check-in desk. You'll see them there on a table there. There's 24 of them. Grab a couple, take them with you, utilize them in your everyday conversation, whether it's with kids or with other adults. It's a great way to just kind of normalize that conversation. We all have opportunities in our daily lives to talk about God, and um, God gives opportunities for us to, to kind of experience this. So this week, I sat down on my couch with my son, Ethan, who's eight years old, and he was playing a video game on his phone, and I was starting to write out what I was going to say this week in a notebook. And as I started to write out kind of what Trevor and I had talked about, $20 fell out of my notebook. And I must have had the most shocked look on my face because Ethan looks up at me and goes, Dad, what's wrong? And, and, and I said, Ethan, I was praying this morning to God about trusting my finances to him, about how I can't control our finances that only he can. It's his money. And here I am sitting down to write what I'm going to say on stage at VRL and $20 slides out of my notebook. I don't remember putting $20 in there. This might be why I need to turn my finances over to God. <laughs> but I don't remember putting it in there. And Ethan says to me, you were praying about that? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things that I think I can turn over to God. He's like, you've got to tell everybody. It's like, when's mom going to be home? We got to tell her. We got to tell Noah. We got to tell everybody. This is a real life example of how my story and my turning things over to God was experienced by my son so that then he can have that be part of his story. And because we were talking about God and because I was vulnerable enough to be like, you know what? this is an area that I need to turn over to God, that he can then go on and tell that story to other people. Of course, in his version, it'll probably be $100, but that's okay. <laughs> God multiplies. Yay! <laughs> Whatever you do when you're spending time with kids, don't make God the awkward conversation. Make it part of your story and be willing to share What's another way we can work on spiritual habits? All right, so we've got spending time with God. We have sharing your story. Third thing is spending time with others. This is spending time with others in an intentional environment of going, man, how can we help each other grow? How can we encourage each other? And, and the biggest thing we do in Kidman on a weekly basis is small groups. And our small group philosophy is the exact same as it is for adults. And you want to go to a small group where it is, for the most part, the same people every week. Again, you want to be inviting new people. But it's that same group that you're, you're living life with, that you're getting to know. Uh, you're beginning to trust those people more and more. So that way you can open up about what's really going on in your life. If you come to the 930 service and you have a third grader, that third grader is going to have the same small group leaders every single week. We're going to put them with the same person who can begin to build a relationship with them and speak truth into their lives, hoping that at some point when your child needs to talk, 
we have someone there that they can talk to. We obviously want them to talk to their parents. But if, if they feel like they can't, they have someone in their life that they can talk to. And, and this is one of my favorite things is to, is to help create this safe space. It, it's fun to do a shared experience with kids. Uh, and so I just want to give you a really quick example. We have a video uh, of something that we did just a couple weeks ago at camp. Uh, so real quick, just turn your attention to the screen behind me. Now, you're welcome for Waka Waka by Shakira. It will be stuck <laughs> in your head uh, for the remainder of your life. Um, what we did is at camp, we just, we just yelled out from the stage, we need you to get in groups of four. We didn't tell them what they were going to do. And then we played a Just Dance video, and at some random point, we were just like, make a human bicycle. And here, this is going to sound so dumb. Um, once you've made a human bicycle with someone... There are no boundaries left. <laughs> and so then we go to, we send them to small groups. It's like on purpose. We send them to small groups and we go, hey, let's talk about what's going on in your lives. Guess what? That person was just my foot pedals on a bike. And I feel like I can tell them stuff. You see it in, in adulthood where um, maybe you uh, have been on a sports team with someone or maybe you went to boot camp with someone, or maybe you've been with someone through uh, just a really hard time. Like I, I know um, you hear this when people go like, like, I'm going with my friend to chemo treatments. And there's just something that binds you together through this shared experience. And so we love to be able to have opportunities to have kids do something. There's zero things spiritual about a human bicycle. But the translation of now we're not just four random kids in a circle. Like, now we're people who, like, we, we, like we're friends. Like, we do stuff together. Now I can open up to these other kids. And so we want to create those opportunities. Uh, and so Joe has some ideas for how you can create some shared experiences with your family as well. So a really easy way to do this is to commit time with others to God. Kids naturally have a whole lot of time that they're going to go spend with other kids, whether it's school, sports, theater practice, or even just hanging out in the neighborhood. When you take your kids and you pray with them beforehand and say, let this time be for God. May you be an instrument of his. May you help lead these other kids to God. You see some changes. Another way is to join a small group. You've heard this before from the stage. You're going to hear it again from me. Relationship doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles. If you haven't been part of a small group, I highly encourage that you model this for your kids. Go join a small group. If you've been a part of a small group and you've taken the summer off and your commitment's kind of waned a little bit, make the verbal recommitment to your kids like, this is what we're going to prioritize. Maybe a small group isn't going to fit into your life right now. Come join us on Rooted. Rooted's a short 10-week program. It's a lot of fun. You get a great basis. You build a lot of community. Maybe even that is too much. Have a potluck. Find eight or nine random people in the hall and be like, hey, come to my house for a potluck. Invite me for Pete's sake. I will come. I'm from Minnesota. I'll bring bars. You have no idea what that is. They're like brownies, only not brownies. Minnesota people, you know what I'm talking about. All six of us. Another thing you can do is encourage your kids to invite other kids to our XP like Trevor talked about. 
It's a great opportunity for them to bring kids together into a Christ-centered environment that is fun, exciting, and meaningful. Another way is our Halloween day that's coming up. We're going to have a trunk or treat here at Barker. We're going to have a trunk or treat at Otis. Invite your neighborhood. Invite kids. We're going to have a ton of fun. It's super awesome. We're going to have a contest for the best design trunk. Have a contest for the best biblical costume. Whoever comes as David is going to be awesome. I might come as David. That would be fun. That's my sword, just in case you didn't know. There are a lot of opportunities that you can model this with your kids. To have this committing time with others. Sorry, man. <laughs> now you know what weekdays are like here at the office with Trevor and I. Him laughing indiscriminately at me. It's great. <laughs> I can't continue. Uh, community and relationship with others is a key part of understanding who you are in God. This is an amazing part that God created us for, is to be with others, not alone. When we look at Adam and Eve, Adam wasn't by himself until he, and then he had Eve, and then everything was awesome. So we are meant to be in community. What's another spiritual habit that we can focus on? Number four, last one, using your gifts. Really quick, I'm going to audience survey. All you got to do is raise your hand. If you can draw, raise your hand. If you would say, I'm an artist, I, I, I can draw. Okay. I'm not asking, like, can you use a pen, but, like, would you consider yourself to be one who can draw? There's, like, eight. Yeah, there's, like, eight. Okay, and that's, that's been pretty standard. If you ask this exact same question in Kidman, 90% of the hands go up. <laughs> I got this. Uh, hey, I'm going to need someone who can sing. I got this. Hey, I'm going to need someone. And let me tell you this. You know, I, I need someone to come up and draw a bird on the stage to help me tell this story. And they all go, I can draw a bird. I bring them up. They draw a bird. And it is not a bird. <laughs> like, no, you, you can't draw. Do I tell them that? No. I go, dude, that's the best bird I've ever seen. Thank you so much for helping me out by telling this story, by drawing this bird. Because we want to help kids use their gifts. And somewhere along the way, they're going to go, oh, maybe I'm not gifted at this thing here. And at the same time, we want to help them discover what is it that they are gifted at? What are they passionate about? How can we help them serve Christ? My, my favorite story, even that I get to tell um, today, is just about a, a fifth grader when I started. So I started here about six years ago full-time at a fifth grader who was a couple weeks away from promotion, uh, which is where we say, now you're in sixth grade and you can't come back into Kidman. And she said, uh, hey, can I, can I come back once I'm in sixth grade and help lead worship. And I said, no, I'm sorry, you can't. Uh, I, there needs to be a year gap because sixth graders and fifth graders are so close in age um, that to, to come back and lead, you need to be a little bit older. And so um, this girl's name is Elise, and Elise comes uh, back about one month later, and she goes, only 11 more months. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> only nine more months. Only five more months. Only three more weeks. Next week, next week I get to come in. I go, all right, here's an application. Go take this. Go fill it out. Bring it back. It's front and back. So she goes and she does that. She comes in as a seventh grader, starts helping by getting on stage, dancing, singing, leading the motions, so that way our kids who are out in the audience can participate. She's been doing this now for like four or five years. Um, this year, uh, you know, the past couple of years I brought her to kids camp to help with our worship team. This year, she actually recruited a friend to be on the team with her. She led the team. She choreographed the motions. She ran the whole thing. Before sessions, I would go, remind me, what songs do you want to do? And she'd be like, we're going to do this, this, this. i go, awesome. I don't even think about it anymore. 
She's 16 years old now. And she is, she is running a team. She's choreographing motions. She's picking songs because she found something that she loves to do. And me, the idiot that I am, was like, and you can't do it until you're older. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we want to help kids find those things, use their gifts. And so, um, Joe, how can we help kids use their gifts at home? So, like Trevor said, kids think that they're talented in everything. So, one of the best things you can do is give kids an opportunity to try their gifts out. Okay? Uh, they're not going to succeed. Their bird might be an impressionist bird. That's what I use at home. Nice impressionist painting. That doesn't look like a tree. But when we praise kids' efforts instead of the outcomes, we build resiliency in our children. We give them opportunities to test out where their gifts are and how to use them for God. Another thing that we can do is we can model using our gifts. Now, a great way to do that is in Kidman. I will tell you that we need more volunteers. Any given Sunday, we are one sick teacher away from drastically having to change what we're going to do on a Sunday in order to reach kids for God. And that's really rough. We can use every single one of you at the 11 o'clock service. So if you'll go ahead and we'll just take you all over there. No, uh, it's an opportunity to model using your gifts. Maybe Kidman's not for you. As Trevor and I said, Kidman wasn't our plan, but God had a plan for us. God has got a place that he wants you to serve. He's put a call in your heart and you know it's there. It's time that you get and model that way for the kids in your life whether that's in Kidman, in our uh, early childhood classrooms, or it's at elementary with Trevor, or maybe it's in our uh, kids club, which is for kids who have adaptive needs, who are going to do really well in a classroom that is more one-on-one -on -one as opposed to a large classroom. It's something that we do during our 930. It's one of my favorite things that we do because we give parents with kids who have adaptive needs the opportunity to come into church while their kids are loved on and cared on in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's being a welcoming face at our check-in. Like Trevor said, maybe you hate kids, but you love families. Come welcome them, help them get signed in so that they can get back into Kidman. No matter where it is, you can serve, and you know this. You never know where God is going to take you. I started out serving in the coffee bar. Now I've drank three of these this week, and I'm super excited. I'm going to go home and mow the lawn like 14 times. <laughs> But now I'm serving in Kidman, and it's one of my favorite places to be in the entire world. Yeah, last week, um, you know, we got, to, like I said, or two weeks ago, we got to go to kids camp. And I put this cabin together at kids camp on purpose at six girls, two leaders. And the whole purpose of this cabin is that all these same girls go to the same school. They don't all go to our church even. We had some, when some families send their kids who, who don't go here. Uh, but they all go to school together out at Freeman. And I said, hey, we, you know, we're going to launch a new campus uh, why not put these girls together? The parent in this cabin, the leader, is a parent of one of these girls. She's going to be at Freeman. I said, hey, this makes perfect sense that we can start to build that community out there from the church perspective before we've even launched a campus. So we started doing that. And like I said, we talked about value that week. And one of the days, what we talked about with kids was, you know, we know that God has paid the ultimate price and that he gives us our value. So we can't add value to someone else, but we can treat them with the value that God has bestowed upon them. And so we said, how, how do we want to, how can you treat kids and friends with that value? And the mom um, had, had two daughters in the cabin, and one of the daughters tells the story about the lockdown. 
and, and just so we're all on the same page, that is, that is the school shooting. But when you're in kindergarten when that happens, you just know you're under a desk for three hours. And, and so this girl is under a desk like this, and she's, again, she's kindergarten, and, and what we know happened there is the teachers have a, a supply of snacks for the year, and they went through all the snacks, giving kids suckers, 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 goldfish, 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 so that they would be quiet, so that their mouths were busy, and so these kids are under the tables, but now they've been under there for a couple of hours, and if you know kids, you know that, well, guess what? 30 minutes is forever. So now they're a couple of hours in, and the kids are getting restless, and they're, they are obviously scared. And one of the girls starts to kind of freak out. And the mom is telling us this story, and she said, and my daughter, who's in kindergarten, turns to her friend and says, hey, it's going to be okay. God will take care of us. God is with us. He'll protect us. And, and, and her biggest problem, the mom's biggest problem with this story was going, they weren't the ones that taught their daughter that. Because she's in kindergarten. We've always said, like, something this will never happen to you. We'll, be, we'll always be able to take care of you. That's, that's our job as parents. We will provide for you. We will take care of you. And then her kids were in a situation where they weren't there and couldn't take care of them or provide for them. And she said, our daughter learned that because of what you taught her at church. She said that she said, Trevor, because of what you, because of what you taught our kids. I said, I've never been in your daughter's classroom. <laughs> okay? uh, at that service, I'm with older kids. I've never been in that classroom. It's volunteers, the same ones, week after week, speaking into the lives of this kindergartner. God is with you. God will protect you. God is always there for you. You don't have to be afraid. And she said that changed our perspective on parenting. Like, we no longer teach our kids that we will always be the ones to protect you. She said we'll protect you as much as we can. But God is your ultimate provider and protector. And, and so today, before, but as we're going to wrap up here, I just want to say we have these four habits. This, spending time with God, sharing your story, spending time with others, using your gifts. We want for you as, as adults, as high schoolers, as junior hires, to do those things. To spend time with God, to spend time with others, to share your story, to use your gifts, to deepen your faith and your walk with Christ because it's what's best for the next generation of kids. And like Joe said, we would love to have you come and join us in Kidman. But if that's not your cup of tea, I don't blame you. I'm not going to try and be like, well, no, you really should give it a chance. Here, here's an idea. Okay, I've been a parent for six months now. And guys, it's exhausting. Okay? Uh, my, my kid like lays there and I'm like, oh my gosh, when do I get a nap? Here is, here's what I would encourage. If you're a person who goes, hey, I don't like kids or I don't want to work with kids, take a parent out to coffee and just go, hey, you're super tired. You're super fill in the blank here. You're discouraged about this thing here or you're really excited and you just want to talk about your kid. Invite a parent to coffee and just go, here, let's just go, let's just go and spend some time together. You don't have to work with the, with the child. Invest in the parent who's going to be with that child every day for the next 18 years because we want to deepen the family, we want to strengthen the family and help all of us as a church grow deeper in Christ. So would you please, I'm going to say what I say in Kidman. Can I just have you guys fold your hands, close your eyes, and bow your heads, and we're going to pray together. Dear God, we love you so much, and we're just, we're just grateful we get the opportunity to be here, that we, just, we can just wake up in the morning and come to church and learn about you. And, and I just pray that, 
that we would all take these habits seriously, God, that, that we would just grow closer to you, we'd spend time with you and with others, um, that we would find someone out there who, who just needs to know what you've done in our lives, we would share that story with them, and we'd find um, what it is that, that we are just passionate about and good at and being called by you to do, and that we would use those gifts, God. It's in your sense that we pray, amen.